everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Things with Christina. I have a special guest for me today. I have Jamita Brown. Jamita, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, let me um get the audience, introduce you to the audience before we get started. I'm going to read your bio. Jamita Brown is an educator, youth development development specialist, professional school counselor, and author. Shamita has a Master of Education in School Counseling, Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and Bachelor of Arts in Spanish. She also has a Professional School Counselor Certification in South Carolina and will soon acquire her Illinois Educator License. All of her roles at youth organizations have helped develop her into the creative educator she is now. Lily in the Valley was born out of her dedication to instill hope and resiliency in others. Jamita's purpose and passion for youth stems from the desire to structure welcoming environments for them to thrive, walk in boldness, and her books will serve as a tool to help kids navigate through their emotions. That's awesome. So Jamita, tell us a little bit about um, you and what's going on. You are you are from South Carolina, but you currently moved to a new state. Yeah, so born and raised in South Carolina, um, born in Sumter, South Carolina, raised there, and then went to Charleston, South Carolina for college, um, where I met you, and um, just, I was there for probably since 2010 to 2019, and then 2019, after I graduated with my master's, God was like, go to Chicago, and so that was weird, so, (laughs) Uh, but I felt like that was really what God said to do, and so I packed up my car and changed uh, states, but I think God knew that I couldn't just do it without a job or anything. So he made sure all that was set up, my job, um, pay for everything for me to get up here. And that was just a blessing in disguise because I actually was going to start at another job. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to start at another job like a few weeks before I actually got this job. And when I got this job, I felt relieved. The other one, I just didn't feel like it was right like something was missing and um when I got this opportunity it just made more sense and I told the job I can't come and then a few weeks later I moved to uh Chicago land in 2019 okay so I've been here ever since been interesting in a pandemic but I feel like God will figure out help me figure out why I'm here sometime soon yeah sometimes that's that that's how it is. I know when God called me to move from South Carolina to where I'm at currently, it kind of was, um, I wouldn't say necessarily a shock because I always knew that that wasn't going to be permanently where I was, but I had been there for 10 years. So it wasn't like it was around the corner. So what was it like a shock to you or was this something that maybe you had thought about in passing? Cause a lot of times these thoughts we have like, oh, I wonder how it would be to move here or to mm-hmm. do this. It's like setting us up, you know, on the path that we need to go to, you know, fulfill our purpose and to really thrive. But we just think they're random thoughts. So I had always said, I'm so sick of South Carolina. I'm ready to get out of here. Because, you know, cause my town, um, my birth town, I'm this very small town. So Charleston is one of the biggest cities in South Carolina. So it really... I knew that I was already in one of the biggest cities in South Carolina. I wasn't going to go to the other two biggest cities in South Carolina. So 
I was like, oh, I want to move, but I didn't think move 12 hours away. Um, And so it was a shock to me because I've never been to Illinois in my life, never been to Chicago. Um, I was at a women's conference and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was the morning glory portion where you're talking to God on the beach and then God sent me to the right and all my friends went to the left. And I was like, that was weird. But he said it's just indicative of what's about to happen in this next season. So about November 2018, God said, oh, you're moving to Chicago. And I was like, wait, what? Chicago? I've never been there before. I never thought about going there. I was thinking North Carolina, you know, Georgia, somewhere close, a few hours away, but not so far. But he brought me back to this conversation I had with one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, what are you going to do after you graduate? And I was like, you know, wherever I want to go, if God want to send me to Chicago, I'll go. And God brought that conversation wow. <laughs> back to me. He said, you said you'd go. And I was like, well, you're right. I, yeah. I did say that. And so it was weird. Um, he had me to keep quiet about it for months. Yeah. Uh, probably about six months I kept quiet about it. And then I was able to tell people the next year, even though I'd known for months, and yeah. so um, that was just strange. He really put, but he really made it comfortable because he told me like where to apply. He told me how to create my resumes, how like just, I don't know. It was pretty clear that it was Chicago. And so I visited February 2019 and it just felt like home. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of knew that was what I was supposed to, supposed to do and where I was supposed to go. And even though I'm here and still trying to figure out why am I here, yeah, I know that I'm supposed to be here, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. I asked the question, too, like, why Why did you pick this particular um, place? You know, um, the place that I moved to, I have um, been there before. When I was in the military, I actually um, lived here for a couple years, and I ha- always had, like, friends here that I would come you Mm -hmm. know and visit throughout the years and it was something like that too I said like when I was younger I was like if I was going to move anywhere and to stay permanently it would be the place that I'm at and um that's what happened so I was like okay I get that but why you know what is the yeah what is is it behind it it's like it's been I've been feeling like Nancy Drew you know like following the clues me too of my life (laughs) to try to figure out like okay what what is here and I get glimpses and you know pieces of different things and now just too with the podcast that's like an element I never thought that it would would be a part of anything you know um mm-hmm. it came up to me before but I was like yeah did a little bit of research and was like no I don't think at this time I just don't really think that's something that I want to do or I'm going to be doing and look uh, here we are Exactly. Um, I do know, like, um, one thing I felt so, like, done with Charleston, so I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there anymore because I felt so finished. Like, mm-hmm. I was done with my job. Like, I love my job. And I was like, oh, I'm ready to go. With some other things I was a part of, I was like, oh, I'm ready to get out of here. Um, but then God said kind of, too, it will choke out my creativity or choke me out if I stay. Yeah. And. I don't know where why I'm here exactly, but I think it's to save me from that. Like, I literally was very clear, like, Charleston will choke you out. Like, not, you know, physically, yeah. but just it was so draining. And I, I knew that if I was already drained, me staying here would 
me even more and so didn't still don't know why but I just know like when he said that I was like okay well, let me pack my bags it's a little bit easier to go because yeah. I don't want that to happen yeah it's all it's almost like um I know just through time with God he lets me know when it's okay your exit is coming up to leave this situation or mm-hmm. to leave this job to leave this relationship or to you know venture off into doing other things that I may have like um you know we all have things that we can do we consider them hobbies or just other um you know things that we're good at but we don't really nurture them that much because right. we are so focused on okay this is what I do um well and this is what it is at this time but maybe there are some other um things that you have that God wants to develop and like you said you can be in a, a situation or um a place where you feel stifled where you feel like you haven't um you can't spread out I think of it as being as a plant in mm-hmm. a pot right and you start it start off that plant small and it's like a medium-sized pot so it has grown to the capacity that it can grow in that place so then it's like okay guys like i need to uproot you to move you someplace bigger so that you can spread out and grow even more and if you don't do that then the plant starts dying because it right. doesn't have room to grow a lot of times we may can feel it, you know, like how you're like, oh, I'm kind of tired of this place or whatever, but that is not enough to make us really step out of there. It takes something sometimes so drastic to, you know, make these changes and not everyone is called to do that. Sometimes you just need to take a rest from what you're doing. You may not necessarily need to move, but for you and your life and the journey and the purpose that you have, Chicago is where you need to develop more of those skills. Um, I agree. I think I was so, I tell people all the time, like I'm 30 now and I don't even remember my twenties because I was so busy, like busy at work, busy at church, busy doing a whole bunch of stuff and not doing any stuff, anything for me. Yeah. So I really uh, agree with that. Like, I feel like God was like, all right, you've stretched yourself literally thin. Let me Mm -hmm. take you somewhere where you don't know anybody. You don't know anything. And you can just start over and really honestly refresh yourself and really hone in on who you are. So I just felt so busy. And so now I'm trying to get back into the swing of like hobbies, not hobbies, but hobbies and maybe like possibly serving and Mm -hmm. singing again. Because I'm like, I was so busy. I didn't want to do any of that when I first moved. Like I'm good on all of that. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) now I feel like, okay, well, you know, had a little break. Now I can kind of move into things again. Yeah, a lot of times it's hard to like really um, pinpoint who you are and or, you know, exhibit self-care. I was saying um, to someone that um, taking care of your mental health is a form of self-care that we don't talk enough about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you can be emotionally burnt out that you're not able to really know what is best for you at this time because you are on autopilot, just, you know, making it from one day to the next and to really sit down and break down those things. And a lot of times you need to be removed from everyone that you know, because everyone that you are familiar with is what I found in my experience. They, the pieces of the puzzle that they have are from your past because once you know them, you met them, they know, oh, this is what you do. This is what, this is how you are. So it's like a constant reminder of that. There is not a way for you to tap into, okay, that was one season of me, you know, Mm -hmm. I've grown and mature. What does this season look like? You know, away from all those things that are familiar, you can really take the time to hear clearly and figure out um, what that is. 
So you moved during the um like right before the pandemic hit. I moved, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing where I'm like, God, why would you move me? And then all this, you knew this was gonna happen, you know. But, um, I moved July 2019, mm-hmm. and then a few months later, it's like boom, March 2020, and life has been weird ever since. Yeah. How did you take care of your mental health during the pandemic? Because like you had like I I moved to um like right before the pandemic. I hear you know you get selling really good. You be like, oh, let me go out and explore. It's like no, y'all on lockdown. You better explore the house. You know, right? <laughs> You're not going anywhere. So how did you um? What things did you do to take care of like your mental health and also to just um deal or maybe uh, I don't know if grieve is a good word for it, but it might be grieve. Um, you know, missing your friends and the life that you had built where you were now you're in a new place and you have to kind of like a, a reset button has been hit but mm. you can't really reset reset fully because now you're quarantined so it's like I moved to expand and now I'm quarantined like how do you mentally deal with that oh what a life oh what a journey um so when I first moved I really struggled kind of like like you said I agree was grieving what was comfortable because I don't know. I grew up in South Carolina and Charleston was my like second home, you know, I went there for college and I ended up staying. But like I went to my church has a conference in October and I found myself, Christina, like weeping, mm-hmm. right? Like, wow, weeping. And God had to say, like, what? is wrong like he's like what's wrong with you? <laughs> like what is your problem and he really asked like do you want to go back home and I was like no I don't he's like well what what are you crying about like honestly trying to come me try to come to two terms with what am I actually feeling and dealing with mm-hmm. and it's more so was like grieving a life a comfortable life like yeah. a life I knew things I knew so I didn't necessarily like miss my friends or family like you know I miss them but not enough to be like I was bawling um not enough to be like that it just was a a life that I actually knew like I knew what I was going to do on Tuesday nights I knew what I was going to do every single day I knew Mm -hmm. all of my life was in a sense mapped out I had systems I had like the same things I would do every week or whatever I knew where I was going I didn't have to use the GPS to go and just random little small things but yeah so that was really probably 2019 the rest of that time was really hard for me but I do think I had to grieve me being gone Mm -hmm. um I did my first holiday without my family I was a hot mess I did Thanksgiving without Mm -hmm. my family was like crying the whole day just (laughs) a mess but I do think I had to get that out because yeah you know 2020 was a whole different world when I couldn't imagine being uh, in grief and being locked uh you know locked down yeah um so 2020 happened and it was more so like a we're all in the same situation so I didn't really feel like weird about it but it was some moments where I took care of my mental health and there were some moments where I didn't but you know what yeah. Uh, in May of 2020, we had been shut down um, for months at that point. I packed up my car and I drove 12 hours randomly to South Carolina. And mm-hmm. I stayed in South Carolina for two months mm-hmm. um, the summer of 
2020. So I could not take it. I went to Sumter, South Carolina. And um, that I needed that so badly because I needed to be not just close to my family, but I needed to be in a space where I could just be outside because it's really cold up here. So it was cold that Mm -hmm. whole time. I just needed a time where I could just be away and be in my comfort space. Even when I was in Charleston, I would escape to my parents' house in Sumter just when I needed a, like a break just because it's like the origin of who I am. I was born there, I was raised there. And, um, God really put me in some spaces where I was able to like deal with some even like internal trauma of like how I grew up. Um, one incident that happened, my whole family like left the house and, um, I was able to pray in the same spot where, you know, I had attached myself to trauma for years and, God really like use those eight weeks to help free me up so yeah. that I could, you know, continue to be alone up here. And so um, it's a little bit better now. I try to, you know, stretch. I started stretching every day. I started um, like HelloFresh, like cooking, like in the boxes, yeah. trying to do different things to really help me. But the main thing I think helped me was me going home. I was home for weeks yeah. And I, it felt so good for my mom to just like cook for me and yeah. <laughs> wash my clothes. She didn't have to, but like it was so cool to kind of be a kid again with my parents. Not like, you know, childish, but just the place of comfort that was really big for me. I had to, I had to go. I, like I drove in one day. I did not stop. I think I stopped one time to pee and I drove the whole time trying to get back home. But that was probably the pinnacle of what I needed in yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic. So still trying to figure it out now, but that's something I definitely needed. Yeah. That I had to, with the, during the midst of the pandemic, it taught me to um, be okay with not fully knowing that answer to something, you know, or X or how do I do this or whatever. It was, for me, it was like a year of being okay to not knowing right. and to, to dealing with a lot of uh, things that like, because I was so busy doing a lot of other things, I didn't have time to deal with anything really emotionally. So I say 2020 and 2021 was a really, um, those years were very emotional for me because mm-hmm. I had a lot of emotional things that I needed to unpack and to deal with. There were, uh, there was a lot of healing that took place, you know, because when you are, you know, I am a single mother, I'm taking care of my daughter, that everything is fine. I don't have time to really check in with myself. I don't have right. time to really deal with things that happened, there have been great hurts, great portrayal, betrayals. A lot of things had happened over the course of 10 years and not just 10 years, but over the course of my life. And because of, you know, one, I was in the military, so I was doing that stuff. I never had time to where the world was shut down so I could sit down and actually deal with those things, grieve things I needed to grieve, be That's angry real. about things that I needed to be angry about. I didn't allow myself to be angry about or be sad about because I didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to emotionally deal with that thing. So when everything is locked down and there's nowhere to go, there's nothing to do. There's nobody coming in. There's Mm -hmm. nobody going out. You have to, I had the chance to deal with that and heal from a lot of things. And he did it layer by layer. And I honestly, and you know, the pandemic is just, it was just a horrific time, a tragedy, but 
in that space, in the midst of all of that, I was able to find me, mm. to find me. And I was able to, you know, the voice that was stifled, um, the voice that was um, doing everything that everyone else wanted me to do, the person that felt she was responsible for everyone else's happiness before my own, that before I could even dare to think that I had to make sure everyone else was taken care of, the real me, the one who wanted to do things. There were a lot of things that I wanted in life that I didn't allow myself to even want because I didn't have the time to, <laughs> to That's even real. deal with it, to deal with it, to focus on it, or even believe I can have it. So I have to go and uncover all that stuff. There was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of fear that um, dealt with too that I hid behind us. Okay, well, I got to keep going so I can't really be afraid, you know? Mm. But to address it, what is the root cause of that? Where did that come from? You know, there was power in victory and freedom in figuring out who I am. And who I am is not who everybody thinks that is or who I thought I was, you know? Um, it was something that I heard that Jim Carrey said. Um, he's a comedian. And he was saying... Um, and about it just resounded with me i'm not saying that what he's saying is right but it resounded with me when he said it he was like being depressed is like your um your body telling the avatar that you display for everybody that i'm sick of playing this role mm, wow. that i'm and i'm tired of acting now i i need to be who it is i really am i need to do what i do instead of just this role that i was cast in either by myself to be more um um appealing and appeasing to other people because it's more comfortable for others if I am easier to handle I, I agree with that what they they want to me want me to be or what they feel they can handle of me than being the full in full strength of myself and I was ex exhausted with playing that role I no longer care what other people thought and then it was like, I got to do something for me. So I have to take care of my mental health because how can I teach my daughter how right. to make sure she's taking care of herself emotionally and mentally if I don't give myself the same freedom to do that? How will she know how to do that? How I realized that some there were some communication issues that I had because I in some instances, I was never able to fully communicate that, that what you did hurt me. I wasn't allowed to do that, but I was allowed to, um, during the course of that, I realized that, okay, I can say that, you know, and however you deal with it is how you deal with it. But I can say that that hurt from my perspective, it did. And this is, these are the reasons why, and this is the boundary now that is here mm -hmm. because you have proven you can't be over here on this other side, <laughs> because when you had the opportunity, you didn't do well with that. I was able to actually erect boundaries. I realized a lot of my frustration came because certain people didn't have boundaries in my, and I didn't give them boundaries. They have free reign to do whatever. And it wasn't strangers. It was failing. They don't have any boundaries. So that's why they're not acting accordingly. You know, it's like you yeah. want to come in to close the door, but you never set the boundary that, oh, once you come in, the door needs to be closed. So you're just annoyed and aggravated because they keep leaving it open and you never say anything. And they be like, this is business as usual. And then when you do speak up, they're like, well, why are you acting well, what's the problem? Why is there a problem? There always has been a problem. I just never said anything. Yeah, I Until agree. I, that's kind of like um, 2021 for me. Like, mm -hmm. God just kept saying, like, use your voice, use your voice, use your voice. And 
like it's like twofold like how you said like be who I called you to be say what I've called you to say but also be all of who you are like be all of that stuff like be be loud and be you and be like I'm not saying it's gonna get on anybody's nerves but like do it like yeah. all to the max like be you to the max and I think too that's I was in like a healing type of space as well like where it's like I got mad about something and God's like that's a trauma response and it's just like um took me through everything that I did was that's a trauma response like that's yeah. a trauma response you not wanting to be I vulnerable like with people that's a trauma response and took yep. me to the actual space of trauma over my life of what like what's happening why do you do that and it's just like I I think that's a good thing that came out of the pandemic it's been horrible of course but yeah. it's just like being honest and raw and uh, letting God like strip that stuff off of you like yeah and I think too even I think like kind of what you said like the avatar of me I think that is some of me but I feel like me being me is in portions because I always feel like if I'm my full self sometimes I'm too much yeah um like you're doing too much or you're being too much or this group of people can only handle this portion of me and this group can handle this different side of me and then um my friend Ebony your friend also she was like I want you to be who you are to us all the time like to everybody like not saying you know, op- let those people, you know, freely be in your life, but like be this Jamita all the time. Like, yeah, people don't see that enough. And I was like, mm, get out of my business, you know, girl, but <laughs> she was right. It's like, yeah. be that all the time, be you all the time. And so I think that's what God has been doing for me yeah. 2021. And then also this year, being bold in who he's called me to be in, mm-hmm. being bold in not knowing what's to come, I think. It's yeah. kind of what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And speaking of being able to use your voice, you you wrote a book. Lily I did. Valley. Tell me something. Tell me some. Tell us some things about that. And how did you get that inspiration for um for Lily? This story is so silly, um, because when I tell people the real truth, um, it's hilarious. So I had a real like you know how your stomach hurts sometimes and you gotta like oh let me go to the bathroom right now yeah <laughs> that happened to me I was in the middle of sleeping and I was oh my god my stomach <laughs> so I hopped up ran to the bathroom and nothing happened but a book was born on the toilet I <laughs> felt like I had to be woken up out of my sleep I thought I had to use the restroom and God used that moment for me to write the bare bones of my book wow um <laughs> I struggle sometimes over the over I'm I'm not gonna claim it, but I've struggled with being low and feeling low. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll never claim depression or anything like that because I'm just speaking over my life, but I've struggled since I was a kid with being low. I have a very vibrant personality, but I was still low. Like and I just that's one of my prayers, like Lord, I don't wanna be like this anymore. I just I wanna get rid of that. And so the idea was the girl Lily, um, very basic, was she had a bad day and she was feeling low, and that's something I felt and said so many times. And she, despite her day and despite the bad things happening, she still tried to focus on to get to 
a higher place or a better place in her day. And so honestly, the book Lily in the Valley was birthed out of the literal experience of feeling low and really not wanting to do that anymore. And so Mm -hmm. Lily Jackson was born. She's a little girl who, a little black girl, actually. She's a little black girl who has a low day, like all these different things keep happening. And Mm -hmm. she says she feels so low, 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 like a valley. And um, I finished the book. I thought I finished the book and I was just like, God, something's missing. And I felt like the Holy Spirit grabbed my pen and wrote the end part where she had went through the valley and Mm -hmm. her daddy said, you got to focus on the highs, baby girl. you like, you got to focus on the peaks. And so really talked about how all these different low points in our day and our life can happen, but let's look, look at the bigger picture. Let's look at what else happened besides the low moments? And so every time she had a low moment, she turned it into a peak. Oh, wow. And the end of the book ends just kind of like, you know, okay, uh, she rewrote her story. She used her journal to, you know, release her, 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 you know, her feelings, which is what I do too. Yeah. And she said in her, in the book, um, I like she rewrote her story basically she reframed it and then said focus on the peaks because they always come with the valleys like we can choose to focus on the valleys and that's Mm -hmm. what we're going to think valley thinking but if we focus on the peaks like there's no valley in this world that doesn't have a peak that doesn't have some type of hill or some type of you know outside of it so um I was like, okay, Lord, I, I see you, what you're doing with you. But no, that book, <laughs> that book is such a healing moment for me because I experienced low, low places my whole life. Um, and it feels like sometimes I just couldn't get out of those ever. Like, mm-hmm. Or I would be good and then I'd be back and I'll be good and I'll be back. But it's like, what happens after the low place? Mm-hmm something else happens you don't stay low you know if something happened you triumph through it and a lot of times we stop at that space the low point but we don't focus on what happened after that and that's what I'm choosing to do low places low moments happen but focus on the fact you got over it focus on the fact that you pushed through it focus on those different things what happens where's the victory after the low place and so that's what my book is about and so I believe it's a book that's going to heal kids, but also a book that's going to heal the adults that read it too. Yeah, I love that. So can, so is it safe to say that Lily is little girl Jamita? Oh, I think in some places, um, mm-hmm. I think little Jamita would have just gave up, to be honest. <laughs> she would have been like, oh, okay. Like after two bad things, I'm done. Like even me, grown Jamita is like, all right let me just hang it up and get in the bed because today is just not my day I think Lily's who I want to be honestly because mm-hmm. she just bounced back she didn't let anything get to her until like after five or so things happened and then she had a moment of frustration and she really picked herself up by herself and then her dad comes in and so that's one thing I wanted to show in the book was let's pick ourselves up ourselves and then someone can come and aid you. But I think Lily's everything I want to be, to be honest. She's what I strive to be every day. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's just to the best of your ability, you have to make a, and when I, when I encounter situations like that where, you know, things are going uh, just a, not, I guess haywire is a good word, where it's like, okay, this and that. I just have to make a choice. You know, you have your moments when you're like, I don't want to have to make a choice. I just want to, I just want to be sad. You know, mm-hmm, exactly. Whatever. But then you can't, you can't rest in that because nothing gets done. And it's just something, there's something on the inside of me that kicks in and be like, okay, I need you to fight. Let's get up. What Start asking questions. You know, I start commanding my atmosphere. I start mm. asking questions. What is this distraction about? Okay. Because I was fine. So what is happening? What, what is this thing that's making me feel low? What is it trying to distract me from? What, what does I actually need to be accomplishing that if, you know, I re- resort to um, just being sad, just going to the bed, I would miss a particular opportunity that maybe I've been praying for. I would miss an opportunity to make a new friend, to, to do something or um, to experience something great that would bring me great joy. So I start asking questions. Okay, what's the distraction? What's, what's That's the really problem? good. What is going on right now? And I identify it. Be like, okay. So um, what? I, then I have to rely on what I know. Okay, I know for my life, I believe in God. He takes care of everything. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to have situations that are bad or hard. That just, But what I know is that I'm going to get through it. Through the midst of whatever, he's going to work it out for my good. So we know that's taken care of. So what can I do right now? What is Is there anything I physically, mentally, emotionally that I can do to um, help the situation? Whether it be prayer, whether I need to make a phone call, something like that. I do those things. When I've done everything that I can, I know the rest of it is not up to me. So all Mm -hmm. I can do is partner with God in prayer about what needs to happen next or, you know, deal with the situation. Sometimes you have to speak like not today. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. No, seriously. Like you can go, you, you can go ahead on with that. We're not even about to do that today. Yeah. I feel that. Cause I will not be, I was like, I will not be distracted. I need to see, I start doing things. I, I do things like that. Some people are like, what? No, I just, it's, it's my day. I can have a choice in what happens. Things don't have to just happen to you. You can have a choice in the outcome or what, how to I agree. It. You know what I'm saying? So I just start a pro- process of elimination. Okay. So let's go Sesame street. One of these things is not like the other. Come on, Kenya, tell me which one. So what doesn't belong in my day? You know what I'm saying? I have an appointment to make. So let me do everything I need to do to make sure I'm there on time. And if I did all of those things, everything else outside of that is out of my control. Traffic is out of my control. You see what I'm saying? I can't exactly. You know, I left in enough time, but I can't help it. It went longer. So if I do everything that I can do and things happen, I take that moment. Okay, well, while I'm in traffic, let me listen to random things with Christine on podcast. You know, <laughs> see what I can find out while I'm waiting for that, you know, to go ahead, um, to go forward. So those are just I, I have to things. add to that. I watched This Is Us and episode, uh, a couple episodes ago, whatever, mm-hmm. like the dad felt like he needed to reconnect with his kids. And so the mom was like, okay, well, yeah, they just, you know, take them for the day. So they went to the movies, but the dad was so tired from work, he fell asleep. And then the one of the sons snuck out in the mall, movie mm-hmm. theater, whatever. He snuck out in the mall, and the dad was so distraught. He was like, it's the worst day ever, whatever. 
And the mm-hmm. mom was like, you know, that's one thing that happened in the day. She was like, make them remember something else. Um, yeah. And so ice cream sundays within that night they did like a tent in the um they did a tent in like the living room or whatever and she was like that's what they're gonna remember they're not gonna remember you know what happened earlier and you shouldn't remember this day like that either and so that just i was like oh this is us is really preaching to me because yeah (laughs) so many times we let one thing me i'm talking to myself i let one thing determine Mm -hmm. like my week and speaking of one thing I had some books delivered to my business address and no one can find them they can't be in my oh, shop wow. and I let that thing really tear me up this week like who is still who is still children's books you evil person like just yeah. really sad and low down about it but it's like I can't control that people are thieves they gave me my money back but just reorder the books you know it's pushing your process you know delaying but honestly mm-hmm. you set the you set the deadlines. You set the dates. It's okay. And so um, that really spoke to me because I think, like you said, what what's in my control? And then also, I want to feel better. I don't want to just be low. So even if it's out of control, I still control my response to the emotions and what's happening. Yeah. And that's what the dad said in Lily in the Valley, too. Yeah. We control how we'll handle our day. And so I that book is like literally like I read it the other night because I was so sad about whatever and I read the book and it really Mm -hmm. cheered me up because I was like you know whoever this author is she's right she did that so um I I read that book to kind of get me back on how I should feel and how I should go without you know with my day um but it's tough still yeah that's um I'm I'm glad that you use Lily um, a little girl, you know, because um, me having a child, I understand that, you know, as they're growing and developing at different stages, they have all these feelings and emotions and we have to teach them how to express their emotions. We have to teach them how to respond correctly to them. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying earlier, you know, I God did that with me too. Well, the reason why you have this wall up is that's a trauma response. You don't want to get hurt. So you figure if I just keep people out, I can't get hurt. Well, that's sad. That's isolating. You exactly you, you don't get to experience life because you're so your focus is on getting hurt, but focus on all the benefits of letting the right people in that I have said it they are okay to be in your life. We are living in a, a fallen world. We're gonna and we're gonna get hurt regardless. No matter to I to the best of your ability, you're going to encounter someone's going to say something to hurt your feelings one day. It's going to happen. You know, it, it is. But you have to, um, I had to learn through my um, through my healing that the reason, the way I responded to certain things was because of trauma. But once, but once you're healed from that trauma, you can't respond in that way. That's what God told me. Okay, I've healed you in that area. We've unpacked all those emotions and all of the triggers no longer trigger you because we have dealt with that right so Mm -hmm. you cannot dare respond the same way because if so then that means you're not done healing in that area but if you are fully healed then you can't respond that way so um god is like it's it's like i erased that hard drive of that you know you've healed you've dealt with it you're able to know how you know, and I've taught you the proper way to respond when situations happen. You know, you don't have to emotionally eat to 
to keep your feelings down or to um, because you've been hurt and things like that, say it. You can say it. Say this hurt me and this why instead of talking to the ice cream about it. <laughs> help you. Eating ice yeah. cream doesn't help you with how you feel. You still feel horrible. Maybe it just for tastes five good. Minutes. Yeah, but it's like instant gratification, but um, you keep the feelings and the pounds, you know, for a whole lot longer, for years. But the five minutes of, you know, doing whatever you do to um, deal with that trigger or whatever um, doesn't yield long-term benefits. So I had to start, God had me start looking at it like that. So when when this particular thing then don't go eat ice cream. Say what say what's bothering you. You know, say it. If you need to write it down, write it down. Can't say expressing it is hard, it. yeah. Yeah, deal with it. I had to learn how to communicate my emotions properly and to respond to things properly and not respond in a triggered way. And I have to teach my daughter how to do that. Okay, you're upset. Say why you're upset. Talk to me. What's going on? How are you feeling? And teaching her how to express that and just watching like the healing and stuff that I've done and then helping her to learn how to properly express her emotions because I wasn't taught that and just Mm. seeing how she experienced life so differently. You know, I'm like, it's like she's living a totally different life than I lived at that age because she has tools that I didn't have. I'm telling you, I was just a sad little, (laughs) sad little down in the dumps child but I had so much like vibrancy and so people never cared not cared but people never thought that something was going on in my brain because I was trying to be you I very much can be both things I can be very vibrant but also very sad at the same time you know yeah I I want to be healed for my kids too I think that's beautiful yeah and it's it's work it takes time it takes a lot of just getting to the point where you'd be like like how you said, I made the decision. I don't want to, I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't want to, um, I don't want to keep myself away from experiencing, um, a great relationship because I was like, Oh, I don't know what that's like. And the relationships I was in weren't great. Okay. Well, you didn't know how to do them and you were, you know, not picking the right people. So, you know, spend some time with me let me heal you so that you can see through a different lens. It's like trying to, um, trying to look through a broken lens and describing what you see to people who's looking through a lens that's hold. It makes no sense to them. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. see things in fragmented places and they'd be like, no, that's not how it is. But yeah. So it's like lenses so you can see properly so that way you can respond properly um, because you can only respond to it, you know, in the way that you know how, but you can be, but you can learn another way. Um, so I think it's so awesome that you have a book that not only helps children, helps you, you know, to be able to remember that every low, at every low place, there has to be a high place. So that gives you a sense of hope that, okay, this particular valley can't go on forever. There has to be a point where it's high, but it also teaches you how, no matter whether you're in the valley or you're at the high point, you know how to respond, you know, you yeah. know that it is not um 
it is not a long-term thing, you know? It can seem that way. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of anybody's situation or anyone Absolutely, who feels right. down at all. Um, because there are some times that these tools like this don't help. You need tools from doctors and, you know, therapists and things like that. I think therapy, honestly, is an awesome thing. Um, I don't, I grew up in a time where, um, people, especially in the African American community, was like, "Oh, you can't go to therapy. That means you're crazy." No, yeah, exactly. you're crazy not to go. You know, you need to talk to someone so they can give you tool, the proper tools to deal with life, or even just like a non-biased ear. I think for yeah. me, what what drove me to like working with kids and wanting to do like school counseling and um, social emotional learning is because my mom always says like I didn't I honestly which is kind of hard to believe I did not talk as a child like at all like (laughs) I was pretty like silent I would talk to like my friends and I would talk to like my family but like I was very very quiet but very very quiet and like if I had emotions or things that happened I remember being in like elementary school and something happened between my parents and it like literally had me stuck for the majority of my childhood, majority of my like adulthood until I could get the, you know, gall to deal with the trauma. Like, you know, it's not Mm my, it would have been nice for my parents to figure that out with me. But as an adult, it's not their responsibility to figure it out. If I haven't, you know, dove into that myself, it's Mm -hmm. my responsibility. And so it wasn't until, I kind of dove into that stuff that I felt like freedom from something that happened to me years ago. You, I shouldn't be in my 20s, you know, struggling about something that happened to me 15 years ago. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's 15, 20 years ago. And so for me, I wanted to write books for kids. This is my first book, of course, mm-hmm. um, in the workbook. But I wanted to write books for those kids who... um whose parents may not even know how to talk. I have questions in the back of the book that ask, um, what about the book? Have you ever felt like how Lily felt? How can I, as your, you know, parent or teacher help you when you feel this way? And every single book I have will have Mm -hmm. those prompting questions and it'll have a curriculum too, where people can connect with kids on those deeper levels. I felt like I was a kid and, no one I just felt passed over with no one I was going to ask me was something going on with me and so I really want to write the books where kids can read it they can see that there's a way to process through those emotions there's questions Mm -hmm. in the book Um, the workbook helps kids navigate through those things because I felt like I didn't have that and Mm -hmm. if I would have had something like that or even just more of those open conversations I would be a little bit more open as a adult but also I would have a little less emotional um trauma that I'm holding on had held on to yeah I think that's really what drove me to work with kids that drove me to kind of be the person I needed in that time and so Mm -hmm. I want these to be the books that I needed these you know I want to be the person that I needed in that time for kids now Um, and while I don't get to go back to that little girl um little baby Jamita I still can heal her in this time and so yeah that's really what drove me to write the book and is all those times I didn't get to feel like I could express myself all those times writing in my journal I always had like a little journal I never called it really a diary but 
I always had mm-hmm. a little like bunches of notebooks where I just wrote out how I felt or drew out whatever and um they were asking me about is Lily me she's not me but she is expressing herself in the journal the same way I used to and mm-hmm. it's just a very simple way I think that kids can you know just do something simple to let their their emotions out so yeah. that's what drove me to get involved with youth and been doing it for 10 years at this point now wow have you um did you always want to be an author did you know you always wanted to write a book or was it just as the process was going on you saw this as a a writing book was a tool to be able to help the children I never wanted to be an author isn't that weird (laughs) I I always wrote I always did like poetry I was like a emo kid not really but I felt like um I was always into like heartbreak and poetry and so I would write like that type yeah. of stuff you know, as a teenager. Uh-huh. But I would always write, but I never thought like writing a book. So I just would feel like I'm a writer. Like I really enjoy writing. I really enjoy he broke my heart into pieces, crunch, yeah. crunch, like all that, you know, deep, heavy stuff. But honestly, um, probably a few years ago, maybe like five years now, five, six years ago, went to they said they acted like William Murphy was going to be in Charleston we were like oh let's go Mm -hmm. to this concert it was not a concert he (laughs) preached which was fine but they really advertised it like it was a concert Mm -hmm. but in that in that uh sermon he said God is going to give you an idea that to bring you wealth and that's going to change your life forever and in that immediate moment children's books dropped in my spirit and um my first book idea actually was based on your daughter and a few of the other kids um really (laughs) yeah like year when they were kids so this was years ago and that was one of my first book ideas I haven't wrote that yet but it was based off your daughter and about three other kids and I'm sure if you think of who those might be you might know so your daughter and three other kids and I was like tell all my friends I'm gonna be an author I'm gonna be an author and it really wasn't until 20 what last year 2020 whenever I sat down and wrote out the stuff and really just made it work and I I felt like I had to do it you know how like you have to do something like yeah I could not I felt like it was like not haunting me because it wasn't haunting me of course but like it was just something that was perpetual like I felt the book yeah like it was like a burning sensation I felt the book inside of me and it had to get out that's how it felt and I ended up writing Lily in the Valley Mm -hmm. um it's my first book and so I've always said I'm gonna write a book these past few years but I've never wanted to do it outside of the past that moment at when he said that thing yeah which is like weird because I always wrote but I never was like oh I'm gonna be an author I um I was an avid reader when I was a kid so I love books I love the fact that you can read a story and you can go anywhere in the world you can be anybody you can have whatever experience that is to that and I always love that and I would write but I wouldn't I was never thinking about um I was being an author or whatever I just was like it would be to tell stories and by telling stories to help people be able to feel better through the stories because that's what books did for me. Um, it helped me through a lot of stuff. And I've actually, I, um, I've written a book. 
and I'm writing another one. Um, yes. But the Lord was like, the first book is not going to be published first. Your second book actually will go first. I'm like, so why you ain't just let me write this one first? You know, that would, that would make more sense, you know? And, you know, ex- expressing that with other people, be like, oh, you know, I feel called to write a book. And then, like, a couple months go by, a year go by, and they were like, where's this book? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's not well, this book is finished, but this is not the book that's supposed to be released first. I have to do something else. And um, just feeling like all the the ups and downs that come with that, because I still was in a place where I very much was very concerned about how other people felt about things that I was doing. And just was like, okay, you know, when is this going to happen? Like, when is it going to come to, you know, pass that the book is finished and, you know, I can go in with the next part and different things like that. Um, the book that um, I was kind of based upon um, the experiences that I had and how God has really helped me with those things. Um, and it's That's just so exciting. Yeah, I wish I had the book because um, one of the things I write about in the book, which um, I didn't think I would need to share until the book came out, but I have to talk about it now. Um, so I'm kind of a little bit trying to work up to it <laughs> was an experience I had when I was little. So I wish I had your book when I was younger too, to kind of help a particular thing that happened. I was like in fourth grade and, you know, um, in fourth grade, everyone plays with everyone. You just recess time is the, you know, mm-hmm. everyone goes out, you get on the swings and do all this stuff. So all the fourth grade girls and boys and some from the third grade class, like had this huge, they were having this huge meeting by the, slide you know and but I wasn't invited to this I couldn't come and every time I try to get close there'll be somebody like no get back you can't whatever and you know how you have a feeling that people are talking about you Mm -hmm. or something is about you but you're not exactly sure and sure enough um when they got done with their little meeting they had a spokesperson and they came to me and they were like um we don't want to play with you and you can't play with anything here um on the playground and I'm like what it was one or two kids when I I am not exaggerating when I said the whole fourth grade class and some of the third grade class they all collectively came to me it's over 40 something 40 50 something kids saying that no one wanted to play with me and I was not allowed to swing on swings get on the slide I was not allowed to touch anything on um on the playground and the reason that they had was just because they just did not like me there was no other solid reason behind that so sad it was just they just didn't like me and so it's like oh it's not a big thing the next day they forget about it when I tell you these kids work together they could have been the best security system like they would have some kids guarding to make sure that I didn't get on the swings that I didn't get on the slide that I couldn't play with any balls or anything like that I told a teacher and they were like well kids just be kids you just have to play by yourself and I was like being being like nine years old do you know how damaging that is mm-hmm. when so many people of who are your peers reject you and they want to let allow you to play at just play be a kid and just play with things and even if it, it went over into the classroom in the classroom when there were people to get together with groups they would tell the teacher they did not want me in my group so I would have to do stuff projects alone by myself I wasn't allowed to be a part of the groups I was isolated and rejected by just about everyone all because one so they convinced everyone else to not like me 
So I went through the rest. I went through fourth grade, fifth grade, and even sixth grade, um, going to the library because that's the only place I can go because no one else liked to read but me. And I would go in and I would read books and I, in, Wait, or I would go into um the office and like help the office secretary with stuff because I was not allowed to play with any of the other kids and. I, of course you tell your parent, but they were like, oh, just don't pay attention to it. Kids aren't kids. But I really wish I had your book at that time to help me. That was, that was a trauma thing where the fear of, of being rejected was so strong. It was at that moment that that was entered in and it grew so strong because I had, I didn't even think that was something possible that people would do, that they would band yeah. together. Trauma reshapes our brains, you know, like trauma reshapes those like pathways that we have. And so as a defense mechanism, it's even now being older, it's like that's still a worry for your brain because your brain remembers that. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, that's so mean. Yes, I had to work through horrible. And it wasn't until the pandemic that, you know, God delved into that. It was like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's unpack that. Let's, you know, go to that moment and just and say how you felt about it. it there was a grieving process. I was very lonely um, because I didn't have anyone to talk to, anyone to play with, anyone to do anything with. And that, you know, God helped me see that particular thing made me feel like I was going to always be alone. That mm. no matter what friendships I had or relationships I got in, in the end, they're going to end up not liking me and I'm going to end up alone. So I began to self-sabotage. Things. Yeah, let me just do it first. Yeah, so to make sure. And that that's a trauma response. So I had to deal with all that. So I love the fact that you um, are writing these books because I know this is not going to be the last one that it helps not. children. And like you said, even the parents because... But sometimes I think I'm learning that we put too much, we like put parents in hero status. Mm. And I tell my daughter all the time, I'm just, I'm a person just like you. I make mistakes. I can only give you what I have. And if I wasn't taught how to do that and I don't, you know, acknowledge that or know that, okay, I don't have the, the skill set to help you deal with your emotions because I wasn't taught how to do it and I don't know how, then, you know, I'm at a disservice to her. So I have to go across those tools. And I can't be mad at my parent because she did not teach me those things because she can only teach me what she knew. So I have to learn how, yes, some things people, you know, not to take away the responsibility, but people can only give you what they have. And 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 adults are trying to figure it out too. I learned that as growing up like I'm like I'm my parents had all their kids except for my sister at this age and so it's like they're trying to figure it out so I'm still trying to figure it out so they're trying to figure it out with little human beings to raise and so it's just everyone's just trying to figure it out yeah so I'm so happy about your um your books the books to come because as um I'm reading you know reading the book to my daughter or you know um you know or people who have smaller children reading their books to them or just getting it you know I'm as an adult and over it and looking of how it can help me um ask those questions about how to better you know express my emotions and and things like that so it's just awesome that that idea that was seemed like born out of a funny moment or whatever was something that um 
can be used to heal not just yourself but other people and a continuous tool to to continue to pass on and teach how to be able to do those things it's like like you said reprogramming your brain a different way how to think there's there's another solution there's another response let's look at it from this way so that is just amazing uh, amazing and it's going to be very impactful um to everyone that comes in contact with it i just um i was kind of um when i do the podcast talking to anyone i get nervous but i was really um a little bit nervous before i um to before i spoke with you so i was spending extra time really really praying because just um and in my prayer time god just let me know how very special you are to him you're just very special to him and he has placed so many great wonderful things on the inside of you that you haven't even begun to unlock and that that um that low sometimes that you feel because we're not claiming anything else it's just a emotion that comes because we're human sometimes and you have the tools to respond to it accordingly um even out of out of that place that the the source of joy that he wants to bring to you and it's going to bring into your life will make it seem as if that was non-existent it will overshadow all of those things and you can live out loud and in color um because when we were um speaking you were talking about sometimes you were low but you have a very vibrant um personality i saw that i could see the colors but what they were muted he wants you to unmute that's crazy because i've been like god i want to dress in colors now like I want to dress in vibrant colors I don't know why I'm like I don't know my wardrobe but like I'm like I don't know why I just want to like I've been looking at black girls in colors and I'm just like I, I really want to buy these bright color crazy pants and just beam all of me like visually I don't know how to explain that but Do it. Like, so you saying that it's just like that's really powerful and God gave me a reminder because I like prayed about the book and I'm like, God, like all I can do is do what you said, do you got to do the rest, all the extra stuff you said, like you got to do that. I did my part, you know, but, um, I had a friend from high school buy my book for her nieces mm-hmm. and, um, my paperbacks have been sent out, but I'm still waiting on my hard covers. Uh-huh. Um, but she said like, she was feeling sad about something and she read the book on the phone with her other friend that also got the book and she was like Jamina thank you for writing this book because she's like my nieces I'm gonna have to order another one for them but I'm keeping this <laughs> and um that blessed me so and she just told me like it really like helped her like she felt like a low moment coming on and she read the book and it really helped her push through that mm-hmm. and so I really I'm like god I don't know what you're gonna do with them and even like some of the small hiccups, like someone stole my books, my books that were delivered and stuff is being delayed. Even with the small hiccups, I still do feel that it's going to be a big thing and God is really going to like blow on it and it's going to be like healing and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but I know, like I know it. And I think kind of what you said is like stomping on the doubt, like stomping it out, being bold in just walking in who I am and walking into what he said to do and so this is something I know I've been called to do since your child was probably like 10 years old you know and so that's it's been years at this point and so I know that 
this is what I'm supposed to do. And I just know that, like, I don't know. I just have to be sure in that. And I can't keep letting low moments overtake me because that's, like you said, that's a distraction of the actual joy and the actual healing balm that I'm supposed to represent. And so I pushing through um but thank you for those words and i um that's funny because i haven't said any i haven't said the bright color thing to anyone um but i feel like i just want to dress like miss frizzle but a black girl who's like crazy you know like that's how i feel right now um it can express the inside the outside you know what we wear because you know um a lot of times when we're not feeling our best feeling sad we wear like muted colors and things like that because it's a reflection on what's going on on the inside. So if you want to wear bright colors, it, that's the season. Let your joy be displayed on the inside and outside. Shine. Um, light attracts a lot of things, but it attracts a lot of good things. So maybe it's time for you to unmute your colors and to shine bright so that the things that in your heart that you really desire can be attracted to you. They can see you now. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I felt that thing. I'm like, I'm about to order cookie pans and do it. Just, you know, I don't know. I can see it. Like, I just do I it. Was do at some people's houses. I'm like, her house is so colorful. I'm like, I want my house to look like that. I'm just, do it. I, I just, I feel that so much for me. So yeah. thank you for, for affirming that. No problem. Well, um, Jamina's been over it. It's been like 64 minutes. And so I want to kind of wrap up. Maybe we could do a part two so we could talk about maybe the second book that you're going to have in the works, a little collection. Like, um, it's so awesome. Like, when I think about your books, and remember earlier, I was talking to like Nancy Drew, how I felt like I was like but there was a series of books that you yeah know, where i can see that for you I have I plenty of titles i have lots yeah. of, lots of titles uh ready god gives me the title and then i write it down he gave me the book uh, the other week but i can't remember i didn't write it down i was busy and i was like oh no so it, i have to come up with that one again because it was a really good um title but yes before we close out i just want to ask you one last question and then sure after that, let everyone know where they can get your books and, you know, if they need you to speak somewhere, anything like that, give them the information. Absolutely. What are three goals that you have set for yourself for 2022? Three goals is to um, show up I loudly. I love that. Um, show up loudly. So showing up in who God's called me to be showing up in like, like we were talking about just being bright and just taking up space in the room. I've always heard, you know, you don't know how much power you have. And I, you know what, I'm ready to know how much power. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to know that I've heard that for years. I'm ready to know it now. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that is number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, take care of myself. Yeah. And be okay with doing nothing and be okay with just giving my time myself space and time that's something that I'm trying to implement more structure in my day so mm-hmm. if I'm working from home I'm cooking breakfast I'm trying to juice more I'm trying to create some type of regimen for myself yeah. that's going to just take care of me um mm-hmm. just little small things entering those things in my day um and then even like simple things if you don't have cash for food then don't buy it because 
that means you should have got some cash for it and just little simple things trying to give myself some some structure yeah and i think three let the low places be low places for a moment and let the yeah. high places be high places forever yeah that's use my a, three things that's great use the low places as a catapult to get to the high places if you're going to show up, show up loudly. Let them know you're here. Take up all the space in the room. And also, um, with power, um, with great power comes responsibility uh, for all the Peter Parker right. or whatever. Yeah, you are a very powerful woman of God. I That I know. I always knew. Ever since I met you, there's always something special about you. I felt like you were just like, I'd be like, Jamita is just so beautiful. Oh, and she's just so like wonderful. I wonder, does she know that? You know, and I would try to, as I was led by the Lord, to like in- encourage you and instill things with you. And, Definitely you know, did. Just for things sure. like that so that you would know. Because a lot of times we don't know. Um, Just because, you know, sometimes people can see things that we can't see in ourselves. So tell us where we can get Lily in the Valley in the other books. Oh, yeah. And let us know where we can contact you if we need you to come speak to the youth or just, you know, share your journey. So um I have a website by jamitabrown.com b y j a m i t a brown.com where uh, my books will be there. I'm also if you google Lily in the Valley Amazon or go on Amazon and look for Lily in the Valley, both the book and the workbook are there. I do I will speak to your kids, I'll speak to your like youth groups. I work with youth organizations all the time. I also um, have been working with nonprofits. And so I train people in how to work with kids or how to, you know, have more engaging experiences with youth organizations. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody wants me to come do that or even read the book to their classes, I do that as long as a book has been purchased. And so all that can be found at buyjamitabrown.com. Okay. It's wonderful. Jamita, I have enjoyed talking to you and I definitely think maybe we can, if you're up to it, we can schedule a part two and just yes, talk more about it. what's going on and just like maybe you can give us some updates of how you've been living out loud and in color in Chicago. <laughs> that is my 2022 dream. Okay. Well, um, everyone, this has been another episode of Random Things with Christina. Please like it and share it and um, hit subscribe to the podcast. And it's been wonderful talking to you guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.